podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome to Sports Unplugged. Um, myself and Chris tonight, and Oshin has uh, got the first comment in on the night, and he's dead right. To be fair, evening all strange weekend of Premier League football action. Hopefully, our game ser- serves the COVID chaos, although it's starting to hit us. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, look, we don't like talk. We, we normally don't get into this, uh, Kev. But we may as well. I mean, there is talk now that we've had another two or three go down as yeah. well as the, the three you've got which when you get to that sort of number that's when games go game, games go at risk and you know yeah, it's, it's a killer for but if you go if it, if it gets postponed it's a killer for both sides because it's yeah. a killer for us because it kills momentum and it's a backlog we've got to deal with later and it's a real killer for Spurs because I mean what what's that now that'd be four games they've got to make three up three league games plus the Europa conference game which I think they've written off yeah so but this would Burn- be four yeah, four games to make up. Now, assuming they're out of the Europa, Europa Conference, because I think that's good to try and bring yeah. just get boxed. That's a horrible. That's a horrible yeah. one to um, put, put in. Yeah, and then, but then we've got then we've got the Leicester game, and Leicester yeah. and Leicester in an even worse state than we are. So that's going to get postponed if we can't fulfil this fixture because of COVID. So. Anyway, re- rewind back a sec. Uh, what do you guys think of the new intro in the chat? We, I was absolutely buzzing when I saw it first. I absolutely love it. It is hopefully where we want to take the show. And as the as we evolve, me and Chris get better at doing this. <laughs> um, I just absolutely love it. What do you guys in the chat think? Because Gav sourced it out and approved it all. So me and Chris are absolutely delighted with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's got a different different feel to it. And it's sort of it's probably where you me want to go, which is. Mm. We still there will be footy chat because let's be fair, we both love talking about fo- football. But yeah, we do like looking at uh, other sports, you know, other icons. You know, I you know I love a bit of a bit of a bit of a wild person anyway. So you know, yeah. That, so uh, you know, it, it gives us a different option. It kind of, it kind of goes with the feel of the show, which we're, we're trying to go for at the moment. Yeah. Well, but yeah. This is this is a bit of a weird one because there's only five Premier League games, and to be fair. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> the coolest fifty-year-old on this channel, mate. So that's about uh, what near, nearly fifty. Yeah, we're talking um, about five five games, but five games. I, I tell you one thing: we're saying five. Yeah, it's Listen, day by day, isn't it? We don't day, know. Day by day, hour by hour. Uh, Laura Duffy with the perfect one. Did you notice there wasn't F one in there for, for bracket? Absolutely, because it's not a sport. We'll get there. Um, no, you won't get me about. There. It's only about eighty-eight days before the season starts again, so that'll come not, around quick. Not, not enough days, as far as I'm concerned. Eighty-eight years will do me. I mean, 
Before we came on tonight, nine o'clock, I thought, look, there's nothing on. I'll flick on the darts. I haven't watched darts in yonks. Last time I watched darts, Van Gerwen was dominating. Taylor had just retired. Barnabel was still playing. And I just fell out of love with it because, to be honest, I think what Hearn did with the Premier League was really good. But for me, it was just too much. It was too much show and the nicknames and all that. It was just, nah. I lost interest in it. But I watched that game tonight. And two young kids, I think the Bowden, I think the, the Scottish kids or something like that. He was, if he won it with a nine darter, <laughs> 25 years of age, first game at the world championship, two, two, two all in legs, last leg decider. He won it with a nine darter. I'm like, I'm going to have to seriously get, uh, I'm gonna have to seriously get back in and watch the darts again because that was just that was just crazy. It was a great game. What about yourself? What was that? Have you been? Do you follow it or? I have used you to. It past? Yeah, I used to. Uh, I remember like Phil Pout, uh, Phil Taylor, but um, I used to do my I used to watch Phil Taylor got beat. He's just he's just a bit of a bit of a narc, really, because I couldn't be but I couldn't be mm. doing with him. So I kind of just. If one of those, if it was on, I'd watch it, but I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. Um, it's one of those sports I've always thought I wouldn't mind going to see it live actually, because I, yeah. I, I think that's I think that's where darts is at its best. Cause I think it is just quite interactive, gets everyone going, and I think it's just a good night out. Yeah, uh, so I think I'd probably I'd probably enjoy it more in person. I mean, I think I I just need to get back into the players again, and you know, getting into it. But Barry Spawn, it was an unreal nine darter because it was so quick. Uh, Jake, that's not that's not sports, uh, unfortunately. Jake Paul against Woodley, that's just pay per view nonsense. The other fight, Parker Chisora, that could be interesting. Um, it depends on what Derek. It always it's always the case with Chisora. It depend it depends on what um, what Derek Chisora turns up. The problem is now at his age. I think you get Derek Chisora for four rounds. You get him lively for four rounds, and that's it. Um, I uh, Parker is a very good boxer. He should he should have enough to to dispose of Derek Chisora. He needs a win. I mean, it's not, it should be career ending for both, but both are still attractive paydays in the heavyweight division. You know, so um, they'll still go on and be a fight that someone will always want to take on. But I've got a real problem with the likes of Jake Paul and his ilk, basically, using boxing as a platform to earn crazy money with very limited skill when you've got proper boxers on cards up and down the country who earn peanuts and train their socks off and have talent but don't have the promotion or the, the hype behind them. And it pisses me off, to be honest. I don't... I, I, I still get the impression that the, the guys he boxes probably could <laughs> hurt him, but don't, because it's it's almost like, don't humiliate him because it's the payday I need. Um, yeah. Which is kind of not what you want, really. So, look, yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't interest me. It's like, I've actually got more of the UFC because of it, because you watch it, I just, I just switch off to it, going like... It's- Watched it last week, and um, Amanda Nunes was beaten. By Pena, mm-hmm. massive shock, huge shock, and 
I was watching it uh, with Callum Sanderson's stream on, and the boys on the stream were just gobsmacked. Couldn't believe what they saw. Uh, all tailor made for a rematch that'll definitely happen. But it's always going to be a problem for someone like Amanda Nunes in the UFC, who's um, who's a two weight champion and who fights at two weights and is up and down in the weights regularly. That at some point someone is going to catch her, and once Pena got her onto the ground, she was phenomenal. She was unbelievable. And look, the main event, brilliant. But for me, the Nunes moment was the standout moment of the night for the card. For me, it was. It was if you haven't seen it, I'd imagine it's on BT Sports uh, YouTube channel, uh, free mm. to watch. So I just go back and watch it. It, it was. They a don't. They, they don't repeat the pay per views like a week a week later. No, they they stick them on their YouTube channel though. So oh, okay. It is worth digging them out and having a look. Uh, Dave, as usual, look, it's 10 o'clock, man. You missed the golf chat. We were chatting about the pro and the father son oh, thing. And you, know, you, missed all my, I mean, you missed all my best stuff, Dave. Yeah, Tiger Woods and his son. Uh, yeah, sorry, Dave. <laughs> next week, mate. Next week. Honestly, next honestly. It's more chance we talk about Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, there's a couple of things we want to get into later on. Um, we're going to have a quick chat about the Ashes, but. We're going to chat about Shane Warne yes. later on. Uh, so, look, we'll get to him later. We'll get to Shane Warne because there's a, a theme around what we want to try and do with the channel. We need your guys in the chat. We need you guys in the chat to help us out with this because it's going to be a long, a long boil over a couple of months mm. into the summer that we're going to do this. But in the end, it will. there is a payoff. Um, but yeah, pretty much. And F1. Yeah, no, let's not get carried away. <laughs> let's not get silly here. Right, look, we'll get into the football. There's five games on as we speak. Uh, so that, could all, that could all change because of COVID and what have you, but it is what it is for now. Um, Aston Villa against Burnley. Um, I think despite the results... Against us, Gerrard's done really well since he's gone in there, hasn't he? Well, to be fair to him, he's so far he's only the only games he's lost is to us and City. Now, I think politely, whoever was the manager of Villa will probably say we're probably going to lose Liverpool and City. So, mm. City away, especially away games, they're probably thinking if we get a draw, that's a bonus. But but not. But he's won all the games that you thought Dean Smith should win. So he, he's done basically he's done what he needs to do. Uh, done a bit more entertaining. Uh, Ramsey's goal. Against Norwich was a absolute beaut. You know, sometimes you know he's a bit of a player, him, isn't he? Yeah, he looked, looked a good academy talents. there. We saw it when we played him in the always, youth cup. Yeah, they've always had a good academy villa, to be fair. So yeah. I mean with Ramsey though, you could play him wide or you could play him as an eight. Yeah. Um very look, it's the sort of player Klopp would like. He loves players who can do two or three things. Elliot can do yeah. that. Play wide. He's probably better in the eight, but that's what he likes to do with players. You know, we saw it with Genie. Yeah, Genie play eight, can play six, or can cover the front. Or you know, that's what he likes. He, he loves players who are quality in two, or three positions. So Villa, the challenge for Villa would be to keep hold of someone like him. You know, yeah. I mean, I would say for Ramsey's development, Villa's perfect because he's playing regularly. He's getting to do what he wants. You know, it's always a sweet spot with young players. Is if you are going to move on, like Greenish said to City. Pick your moments when you've kind of established what you are as a 
player, as yeah. a person, you know, so you can take, you know, not always starting every week, or you can take the ram the uh, hardship a little bit back. Uh, Barry though does point out, and uh, marvelous Nakamba is out for four months, which is yeah, he needs surgery, doesn't he? Yeah, it was a blow because he's he's another player who's, he's, he's been decent. He's done all right. He's probably got the best name in football. Oh yeah, <laughs> you should just sign it just for his name. You know? Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Just put him on the back of a shirt. <laughs> Fantastic. But yeah, he's he's been all right this season, and, and that position for what is looking like how Gerard wants to. Uh, I thought his name. I thought Red Steve's back. I thought he was just Steve. As he forgot his I name. Leave him alone. Leave. Ah, uh, come on. He, he agreed. He changed his name to Red to just Steve. Um, so you know. <laughs> Can't change um, it. Well, that's why we do football first, Steve, because, you know, give it half an hour. We, we might be down to two games. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, it's kind of um, how it's going at the moment. So, you know, not to joke about it, but it seems like every hour something changes. It's, that's how yeah, dramatic it is I'm, at the moment. I'm trying to avoid social media for the leagues, but it's hard to ignore them. And look, the leagues are already out there about us at the minute with... Um, Henderson and Salah related to, aren't they? Jordan Henderson and Mo Salah are the latest rumoured. And we still don't know with the other three that will confirm what, what their PCR test is. So, yeah, did they come back negative? I mean, look, Klopp was realistic. It's highly unlikely because uh, it happens. I mean, I think it's happened with Pep that he he gave a, gave a, an inconclusive reading, but then they did the PCR test and it came back. But didn't they declare Pep's as inconclusive? Yeah. And he was just being, it was a precaution rather than yeah anything else. With well, ours, it was... But he's okay to go to that. Uh, well, the rumour is that um, Salah's is inconclusive. So they're doing a second test on Salah. But the other, the other four are out. And look, that, they're the ones we know about. But as we know what's going on at the moment, it spreads through clubs very, very quickly. So It, it does, yeah. But, I mean, you know, Klopp, I mean, Klopp's book... Klopp spoke about it today, didn't he? And he was saying, they asked about, you know, what to think about postponing, postponements. And he was a bit like, and I get where he's come from, he said, like, I don't see the benefit. Because I think he's what I think what he's saying is, if we postpone the league for two weeks, it's still going to be there in two weeks' time. And then we're kicking then the congestion problem down the road. But as he did say at the moment, he said, we were fine for Newcastle. But he said, if we get to another three or four out, he said, we'll str- we will struggle to do fixtures then. And that's when we'll have to, have yeah. the conversation with the league. And, look, and like we see with Manchester United, it's not a case that you miss that game. Yeah, You're yeah. missing up to 10 days. I mean, look, I'll go back to something I saw on Sky Sports News earlier on today, right? And it blew my mind. Um, in Spain and Italy, in Italy, the amount of of players in Serie A who are double vaccinated is 96%. Spain is 92%. Now, these figures are from November, okay? But look, hopefully they've gotten bored by, by now. The Premier League is 68%, and the Championship is 59%. Mm. That is nothing short of disgraceful. In this day and age, with the access to medical expertise that these players have, the fact that two-thirds... A third of all Premier League players are still unvaccinated is mind-boggling, to say the least. Now, I've got a real problem with clubs being transparent. I appreciate, I really, really am a big, huge fan of what Klopp did. Had no problem naming the players who were missing. He had no problem saying the reason why they were missing because 
they were as if it was a broken toe or a pulled hamstring, you'd have no problem saying a player was injured. In COVID, it's almost a case where clubs are trying to hide something. I don't get what they're trying to hide. If you have mm-hmm. tested positive for COVID, fine, deal with it. It stops the rumours and it stops the gossip and it stops the notion and the idea that's out there that clubs are trying to manipulate this to cover for injuries and to cover for anything else. And at least if clubs are honest and transparent about we have five, six, seven first-team squad players who've played in the last month absent with COVID-related issues, clubs know where they are. As soon as the team sheet was announced, they couldn't hide it anyway. Hmm. You know, it's but, just mind-boggling uh, to me. But as someone saying in the chat, and the other point is, it is your personal choice if you want to take a vaccine or not. Mm-hmm. There's no law that says you have to take a vaccine. Not yet. There should be, but there isn't. Well, in my I, opinion, I, I, there should be. I've got absolutely. I'm past being nice about this now. Yeah. Um, Look, I fully I, agree I, with I, what I, the Germans and the French and the Belgians and the Dutch are doing. And if you don't like it, then exclude yourself from society, as far as I'm concerned. Well, but that's well, just me. Yeah, but anyway, let's get back to the footy. Uh, let's get back to the footy because um, yeah. every, oh, every show gets dominated. By, I mean, look, by this Burn- conversation about Burnley Burn- have actually got two two football injuries. Cornet and Barnes are out. They've got some COVID issues as well. Mm. But so do Villa. Apparently, Villa have four COVID related issues. Um, but the form they're in, and Burnley are struggling for points. Um, I've Villa down at two 0 I can't. I, I can't see it any other way. I can't see it another a Villa win. You know, Burnley are like I don't know, like Newcastle, like Norwich, like Watford, Southampton. They're all in that mix. Uh, Leeds are probably still in the mix. Uh, I think they've got enough to stay up, but they are where they are in the league, so they're, they're in the conversation. Everton are pretty close, you know, to being in that sort of mix as well. Again, I don't think Everton and Leeds will go down, but they're. They're one of those teams that, like you said, they're in the relegation battle, but they're not the one. They're not the ones you think will go down because uh, you think they'd have. You think they'd have a bit too much. Uh, but Burnley, I think, are gonna have are gonna have a challenge. You know, Burnley been there a few times, so we'll see what happens. Um, Dan Bailey saying which four? I assume it's about the Liverpool. The, the three that are already out that we know about, and the rumor is Henderson and Salah uh, are also potentially out. But look, they're the rumors. Yeah. So. Look, we'll find out. So we'll find out Sunday if the game happens or not. But we'll, we will. We will see. I think, to be fair, I think the club will come out and just say tomorrow if there's a um, lateral flow test because they've been fairly straight with it so far. I don't think Klopp has any media duties tomorrow. So no, he did. He did his media duties today, didn't he? Yeah, um, you'll know pretty. You'll know pretty much by who's in the travelling party and who isn't. You know, um, I mean. What have you got Villa Burnley down for? I've two got them down uh, as uh, two what Villa. Yeah, Lord, um, right here. Everton and Leeds might not go down, but they are making it extremely uncomfortable for themselves. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're just putting themselves in a bit of uh, yeah stress that well, they don't want. They're up next, actually. Leeds Arsenal, and to me, it seems that Arsenal, since they've put Abamuang out of the equation. They've almost come together. They're much, they're much more cohesive on the pitch with Lacazette through the middle. Whether it's a case that Lacazette gives them that fulcrum for others to play off, 
be it with um, Saka and Emil Smith Rowe when he comes on, the young Brazilian kid um, Martinelli. Oh, Martinelli, yeah, I, I like mean, he's it. had some horrific injuries. Over yeah, the past if, if few years, yeah, if if he could stay injury free, you know, yeah, he's got he, he's got all the talent. I remember seeing him in the um, the five five League Cup game and. He, he was our, he like one of Arsenal's best play, one of Arsenal's best players. He was yeah. brilliant. He's still only, he's still only young, and then he's, yeah, only he's only like 20, 20, 21, 21. something like that. Yeah, he's, he's still only a kid. So you know, if you're gonna get, um, you know, it's probably, you know, it, he's at young age where you tend to recover from them. But like I said, you can't have too many, or, or they'll um, cause you problems. Uh, David Lennon, absolutely not. We're not talking about <laughs> bloody white pudding or black pudding or any crap well, like that. Look for you guys in the it's. <sighs> Not really faith. white pudding in the UK, is it? You guys call it hogs pudding. I don't know what we call it. I don't, I don't eat it. Ugh, oh, absolutely vile. Stuff, no, it's vile. My thing with Arsenal is, I think the Aubameyang thing's a bit of a red herring because Arsenal are what they are. They're, they've gone back to being the flat track bullies, which is anybody in the bottom half, they'll beat. Anybody who gives them half game in the top half, they, they really struggle against you. Know, us, City... Chelsea will cause them trouble. United will cause trouble. Cause them trouble. Villa will cause them trouble. You know, but when they play like Norwich or Burnley, they just find a way. You know, yeah. so I sort of think routine two 0 Arsenal. Uh, I think Leeds' injuries are killing them. You know, <sighs> they've got no they've got no focus points. Um, I still think tactically they're not helping themselves, but it's hard to explain the tactics at the moment when you look at the lineup and going so many missing. And they just play this way because literally that's all he's got, and it's kind of like make it work. Yeah, is it a case? Do they really need to do business whether they like it or not in January? Um, I think they do. They they probably need, they probably need three players. I would say they probably need another striking option, another solid midfielder, and they probably need someone who can a bit of a utility defensive player. Yeah, it, it's you know I could pick those. You could pick those out of thin air. Whether you find them. Well, the thing is, Bielsa gave the stock answer, and it's the one that is as old as the hills. I don't want to sign anyone unless they're better than what I have. Mm. Well, what the, that sentence needs to finish with what's available to me. Do you get mm. what I mean? It's um, yeah. it's one of those things that um, managers try to do to deflect the question away that they don't want to answer, but they know that it's a valid question. Yeah. And I think for some players at Leeds, it looks like it could be, you know, maybe their last season. Hmm. You know, the likes. I think for Rodrigo, I think he's won it. It needs to be his last season. Um, Calvin Phillips, maybe. But they can't, they're not going to keep all of these players for everyone. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't, because um, partly because the way Leeds play, it takes a lot out of them, but also. Leeds fans won't like this being said, but it's it's a sad truth of reality. Is Rafinha players of the standard of Rafinha? Yeah, aren't gonna, oh, I mean aren't Rafinha gonna, as well. But I'm talking about Rodrigo gonna, going back do, to Spain. Yeah, I'm going to do a relegate. I'm going to do relegation battles. He can play. He can play for European clubs. You know, you know, Liverpool would happily have him. I think he'd do well for Chelsea. He'd do well for United. He'd do well for West Ham. You know, clubs that are, that are battling in Europe. He could, he'd be perfect for. And yeah. look, Leeds. I mean, Leeds don't get wrong. If he if he decides to go, Leeds will command a ridiculous fee, um, rightly so. But yeah, and I know you mean. There's some players where you sort of think like maybe the times up with Leeds because perhaps they want to evolve and go to the next things. Um, but 
we'll see. Look, I think no. my my gut feeling is it just says two 0 Arsenal. Um, I went three one. I think Leeds will have a goal in them just because of the way they play. But I think yeah. they're they're going to be too open for Arsenal. I think so. Uh, yeah, I think Arsenal will just pick them off. They're, they're in a decent run of form when they're playing against that caliber of side. And like you said, flat track bully. Flat track bullies get you 65, 70 points. It potentially gets you, you top four. I mean? Which, to be honest, it, Arsenal get fourth or fifth for where they've been I, the last two or three years. That's what they want. Yeah, I you still know. think they're best positioned because of the fact they don't have Europe. Their mm. problem. And I think the Abamuang issue out of the equation because Barcelona freeing up the Sergio Aguero wages it may be a case that there's a stick of facilitated deal to get him off the books yeah but does, he's still got a couple of years on his deal so it'll still be only a, eight months it'll still be a decent fee though Arsenal aren't going to give him away for cheap they're not, they're they, not, they're not I don't know I think the, the influence that he has around the club I don't think I think Arteta could do without that kind of influence with the younger yeah. players that they have there if they could guess the rest of the to get get the rest of the structure right. What they're building there is generally pretty good. To be fair, it's a, a lot of young players with high ceilings. It's just a problem. It I is. think is there's too many of them. Yeah, there, there's that as well. And there's there's, there's the age of problem after the last couple of years is how long do they keep hold of them? Because mm. they're going to wait for Smith Throw and Saka to get to be like you know the main the real main players. You know, yeah. Before but, they but, get, but but by the time they get to that yeah. level. Arsenal might not be in the position that they need to be in, and then you'll you'll see other clubs sniff around them. I mean, look, we've been we've been there. You know, it was only four or five years ago. We were having this thing where we were getting young players, Sterling doing really Sterling well for us. Example, yeah. And then he went to City. Why did he and people don't like it, but why did he go to City? Because he knew he'd won the title with City. Whereas Liverpool yeah. were like, we got second one year, then went back down to eighth. And yeah. he knew he'd win the league with City. And you know, we don't like it, but I'm like, that's mm. where we were. And you know. Arsenal still feel a little bit like that. Uh, and Dick was saying, did you hear about the protests from the LGBT fans' cop-outs uh, cop against Newcastle owner being allowed? Uh, I did read about it, yeah. So um, I didn't. So do you want to fill me in on that? Because I didn't. Um, I only saw bits of it. So uh, the uh, cop-out uh, group, uh, I believe, did a protest before our game against Newcastle, against their owners being allowed to take over Newcastle with their opinions on... How yeah. you know women and the women and the LGBTQ plus? I was trying to make sure I get that right. Community, which you know they've got perfectly valid reasons. Yeah, uh, where it's awkward is, and I'm not sticking up for you know. I, I agree why why the protest because you know I don't I don't agree with their views at all. The uh, the Newcastle owners. Yeah. Um, some Newcastle owners get get tarred with that brush, and I'm a bit like, well, they didn't pick the owners. And look, Newcastle could could if fans if they want to can campaign against the owners, but would it work? I don't know. No. So I think it's right that it's highlighted because it should be because absolutely it should be. In my opinion, their views are very backward yeah. and outdated. That's my yeah. opinion. If you don't like it, so be it. You know, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I mean exactly that. But I mean, so, the argument was leveled at the Formula One drivers in the last three weeks of the season because. The last three weeks, the last three races are in the Middle East, uh, being Qatar, Bahrain, and um, Abu Dhabi. And didn't uh, Lewis Hamilton wear a, a rainbow uh, helmet? He did. Process, which yeah, and some of the other drivers spoke out and showed symbolically protested what they could, but ultimately 
they're contracted yeah. pretty tightly to be there. It's going to be the same for the Newcastle players that they're contracted to the club. They they don't get to decide who the club's owners are. In the same way, the fans didn't get to decide who the new owners were going to be. Mm. They'll ride the gravy train. Don't get me wrong. There were certain things that happened from that came from the Newcastle fans that really boiled my blood with some of the songs they were singing. And oh, it seems to be a, a standing thing now. It's like you go through. It's tired. It's when you're coming yeah, to. It's time. It's an original. It's very small time. It's yeah. very small. It's very small club mentality. It kind of shows where you are as a club. Mm. That's your thing. Let let you know because the world we're in. You know, let's sing about poverty because uh, that's 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 always a winner. And yeah. not being rude, but you know, the yeah wolves sang it. I heard them. We heard the wolves sing it. You know, Newcastle. Yeah. Sang, I'm not being funny. They're not the most affluent of there as well. They've got yeah. the same problems that a lot of the UK has. So, yeah. listen, and to be fair, it, it. Was, it, it, to... what highlighted it to me was a. It's obviously not all Newcastle fans. It's no, of course, a it's cohort not. of the away fans. But the ones who called it out that I first saw was a Newcastle food bank who do work with Newcastle United were furious that. It was being that it was used at all, mm. you know, and the fact that Newcastle, like Liverpool, like most other clubs, do work with food banks up and down the. I cannot believe I left the UK in 2010, and food banks were a pop up once in a while. Now they're just they're more food banks than McDonald's. It's it's shameful. Yeah, how it's it, what, what's become. If you're a first world um, country, the food bank should never be in existence. No, there should be way. Really we're going to political territory here, but no, but it's, I, it's fair I, I've never got my head around the fact that people keep saying, like, oh, you know, we're helping food banks, and they said they shouldn't exist. If you live yeah. in the likes of England, America, Ireland. Germany, France, Ireland, yeah. you know, there should be things in place where people can have the basic things of food. You know, literally, I went to buy me Aldi, and it's like, do you know the um, did you like little chocolate reindeers? Do you, and they were literally asking, "Do you want to buy a chocolate reindeer?" And it was supporting a trolley, so kids, so kids in our local area could have like a something to open on Christmas Day. Yeah. How sad's that? There are kids like who live around me that all the that if they're lucky, all they get for Christmas is I'll a chocolate reindeer. I'll tell you, you a know, story, right? It's my horrible. Missus, it's... When my when one of our children was, she was heavily pregnant at the time. So this is going back nineteen ninety two three. She was working for co op in a supermarket mm. in the UK and. In Bristol, they did a thing with the Lord Mayor's Trust that um, they used to provide families in dire need with vouchers to go to the co-op. And these kids came and used their vouchers not to buy food or anything like that. They came to buy a Christmas tree. Not presents for the kids or anything like that. They came to buy a Christmas tree. And the kids were more excited about a Christmas tree than the idea of chocolate or sweets. They was, she said to me, because she, she was the one who was at the till at the time that she saw him coming in. She knew the family. And she said she, um, she the kids just zipped past every aisle right to the Christmas tree. It was 20 quid. Mm. It was 20 quid voucher, and it was a 20 quid tree. And she come home, and I think she sobbed for the night because she she knew the family. She didn't know the circumstances. Yeah, and we have charities here in Ireland as well that do this kind of work quietly, and um, they're called Saint Vincent de Paul. And 
they do this kind of work with families who are in dire need at this time of year. And you never know, you know, it's, it's crazy what families are going through at the minute. And the idea that food banks and the charities and the stuff like that, they'll never get enough recognition for the unbelievable work that they do. But the more help that can be given to them, the better for me. I think I just thought, look, I know we're a sports channel and everything like that, but some of this, the charity stuff that the guys have done over the last 12 months has been amazing. But it's just, uh, it's, it's hitting me at this time of year anyway. That, um, it, it, I must admit, it does give me this time of year a bit of a reality check sometimes. So we all have our concerns, our, our money worries. Every every person does about it's all proportion to, to what to where you are in life. But there are times when you when you look at things like that, you sort of going like, my 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 daughter gets fed every day. She gets to do lots of activities, and she won't go without this Christmas. And sometimes you're going like, what more do you need? You probably don't. And they're probably a thing, the nice things you worry about, you don't really need. They're nice to have, but does it yeah. really matter if you don't have the latest top track suits? Yeah. St. You know. like, Vincent de Paul are an all-year-round charity. We have uh, Cork Penny Dinners here in, in Cork that do all-year-round stuff for the homeless. But St. Vincent de Paul, he's a, I'm the same. They're the only charity that I'll do my best. I'll give to what I can when I can. And mm because they helped me out when I first moved over to the UK with uh, help for the kids' school books. And, I mean, they've had the money back tenfold since, but at the yeah. time, you know, I didn't have a pot to piss in, and they helped me out, you know? So, if, in you know, when you're going past in the supermarkets and you see the bucket outside, chuck a couple of quid in. You never know who it's going to yeah. help. Or, like I, or do, do all people do, you know, if you're doing your food shops, buy one more thing and just put it put it on the food put bank the thing. Basket, yeah. Yeah, put it in the basket. Oh, you know, look, loads of other matches, Liverpool, Everton, you know, most clubs have big food banks and, and they're all very well supported, which yeah. what you, you know, it's which, what, which well, helps. It's a good thing that, it's a, that the clubs probably do under quiet and I wish they'd make more of it because mm. by highlighting it and you're exposing it, it shouldn't, you're dead right in what you said at the start, it shouldn't be a thing. But look, it let's get be. back to football. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, the next two clubs, Newcastle, Man City. Oh, the irony. Oh, but the, I mean, it's case of how how many in it? How uh, many? Three. Uh, look, I just let's get past, let's get past this game yeah. very quickly because I don't really, I don't really, I've got no time for either club at the moment. So I would say routine three nil City. Look, it was three one. Liverpool won three one the other night, and literally it was a combination of disruptions and Liverpool literally just tried to win the second half in the second gear. Yeah. Uh, if Liverpool didn't have a game on Sunday, I think you'd have seen Liverpool go to it, carry on that level they had, and I think Newcastle would have got to hide it. Uh, they are so poor. And I keep hearing about, oh, well, January, January, they're going to buy it's going to buy that. The way it's going, they can still be four or five four or five points clear, and you'd assume all these players instantly hit the ground running. How many times? It doesn't happen as often as you think. You know, the likes of a Salah and a Bruno Fernandes who do hit the ground running, you know, Van Dyke did it for us. You know, it does happen. But then you do have some players like Admiral Arna literally moved from the south coast to the north of England within the Premier League. It took me years to properly settle into Liverpool and uh, change mm-hmm. a manager. No guarantee it's going to just land like that. So, well, I, yeah. 
Three nil, no, City. I, Newcastle will just be a bit of a sorry show, I think. Yeah, City, but City. I think I think four, but I genuinely, a hundred percent, wouldn't be a bit surprised if City ran up eight or nine. Uh, well, Wolves FI, to be fair, has been in the chat a few times actually. Uh, I've come in a few seconds ago, hit the like button. Uh, come on, pool fans, good vibes. Very good. Hey, Wolves, thanks very come much, mate. That's it. Well, the idea Funny of this enough, show is we're going, not to, just, we're going to get to you now, yeah. actually. Because look, Again, I can't be bothered talking about Newcastle and City. No, it's going to be an I'd, absolute uh, carnage. I won't shit be watching show. it. Yeah. No, um, uh, to be honest, uh, this this is sort of show we actually want more opposition fans on it because we're trying to talk about other sports and other teams. Quite enjoy yeah. talking about other teams. We, we do try. We are in the future going to try get to see more opposition fans on. Just just to be honest, it's a different year like we used to have with Joe and Oscar and Pete Selby, people like that. We're going to try and get all them. Back yeah. on just different point. different views on what different views. an outside view on us and for them an outside view on their situation as well. It is because then you can say, well, we can give. I have a perception of Leicester at the moment and a perception of their manager, but I, I'd love to know from a Leicester fan, and especially get Pete and Pete's very direct and honest of what he thinks about Le- Leicester, yeah. what he thinks. You know, you know, because Leicester are painted in quite a negative light at the moment, but I do wonder. If you're on the inside, what are their expectations? Because maybe they're not quite the same as what we think from yeah, the outside. You, you often find you often find that, don't you? Uh, Wolves, Wolves, Chelsea. Wolves, Chelsea is a massive game. It is. I've got a feeling for Wolves. I'm not just saying this because he's just come in the chat. I've just got a feeling for Wolves because I know they played. They got beat one 0 by us. They got beat. Uh, two, uh, they got beat one 0 One 0 by City. One 0 by City. The, the ten men. Know. Yeah, there's no. Him, Raul Jimenez because he had a brain fart, uh, despite you, you or mine arguing. Yeah, yeah, he had, he had, a, he had, he a, had brain, a brain fart. Yeah, he had a brain, brain fart. Yeah. Um, I try to work out is is playing Chelsea the worst thing because it's like three big games in a row, or have they kind of got a blueprint now where they go like we, we took we took Liverpool to the ninety fifth minute. Now, admittedly, Liverpool missed a lot of chances. But ultimately, they took Liverpool to the ninety fifth minute. It took a dodgy penalty, but other than that, the they held City fairly well off. You know, City could have had two, they could maybe have another penalty, but, you know, with 10 men, um, you know, could have got on they got a draw. And Chelsea are in a... It's gone from being a couple of... I think now Chelsea have gone from being, oh, it's just one of those games to... to it's more of a, more than a wobble now. Um, I think it's a bit of a... It is their dip. Now, look, all clubs have them, but they are definitely dropping yeah. points that you would... That, so, listen, you may laugh about this because you know how... Sarcastic hour and how I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but remember when we drew with remember when we drew with Brighton and we lost to West Ham and all I was told was, oh, hang on, hang on a minute. Um, Chelsea never do that. City never do that. Title's gone. This is all shite. We're mm. absolutely atrocious. We're now four points clear. We're now clear three points clear. Of Chelsea. We're a point off City, and they've dropped points in games that they shouldn't. Have, and they've made hard work of games that you said they shouldn't do. So it's never as clear as that. Uh, Barry's definitely pointing out. Um, he missed the victory over Brighton. Okay, so Ralph Hibbert is back, even better. Yeah. Reclaimer, uh, I'm uh, got to come back to that if Chris can bookmark that. Which was that one? The BT Spunt pundits, because I genuinely didn't see it. I was getting ready to come on here oh, with Gab mate. last night. I mate, didn't was... see any of what was said, so you guys can fill me in on what oh, was said. Oh, and what oh I, I saw it. Oh, mate, it was it was saying <laughs> what something. You, saw? you saying... should be watching us. I'm, multi- I'm multitask, mate. I'm multitask. <laughs> you on the phone, them on the telly. I was going, 
Um, it was we'll go through it later. It was saying something just to be controversial. The logic was bollocks, but it's Jermaine Genus who used to play for Newcastle and always has a beam in his bonnet with Liverpool. And Joe Cole doesn't like Liverpool because quite, quite quite frankly, he did best, he did piss all at the club anyway. So and there's not been very glowing about his time at Liverpool anyway. So yeah, it's um, it's like I mean, it's like the that, it's like all the Mo Salah stuff that we keep hearing at the moment. It's, it's just what drives clicks. Say something controversial about Liverpool or Man United. Guess what drives loads of clicks, retweets, and then they obviously have you know the human fun sponge, which is Jay Humphrey, which is he's the dullest, most unfunny man I've <laughs> ever seen in my life, and he tries. Was to make this jokes. about the um, the one where Matip was pushed and fouled before? Oh no! Talk about that one. No, uh, the the Jake the uh, the one last night was uh, about how how Trent's perfectly clean tackle was a was a clear penalty. Uh, yeah, because uh, apparently, uh, if you look at it, he gets apparently his leg touches the uh, the other guy's leg before his foot oh, touches the right. ball, and the logic was, well, we've seen loads of soft penalties in the last two three weeks. Um, so basically, because we've seen soft penalties last couple of weeks. That should fall in that category, so it should be given. And you're like, well, just yeah, but a lot of the right. penalties that we said were soft, a lot argued they were they weren't penalties, and then it's like, so you know, because they said a Newcastle yeah, yeah, deserved that one end. To be fair, because I, the two handed push on Ox, yeah, straight into his back because. Now it, I don't blame the ref for not seeing that because no, it, there's it, no way it, the ref could have seen it. That had to be uh, a VAR decision. Yeah, Lascelles was cute the way he did it. Actually, he hit it yeah, quite well. It was like, oh, because I was like, get up. But when you look at the replay, you're going, that's what VAR's there for. Yeah. You go, like, because it looks like an elbow. Shoulder. You can see, he just does that and does the push. You know, it's clever. Yeah. It was clever. You know, it was very clever. I mean, and fair play, you got away with it. But but we got. But, but I mean, uh, the uh, the other theory was uh, Mike Dean running across Trent's shoots, which uh, apparently put the keeper off. Yeah, because the keeper was re. I mean, I thought the keeper did. He did well to get hands on it, to be fair. Yeah, he did amazing. <laughs> if he'd if he'd saved that, that would have gone down as one of the saves yeah. of the season because it was a uh, that that was Gerard Olympiakos esque. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I did I did complain about you and Gav because you know I pretty much said you should just dedicated the whole show last night to Trent's goal, <laughs> and you didn't. And talk no, about black pudding. Terrible. He talked about Why black puddings. That's disgraceful. It's Trent in it. I mean, I saw Trent's interview after, and he said he's been waiting five years to twat one like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, and it. it was. He just absolutely hit it bullet straight. Because anyone, the only one he's come close to was when he scored his first league goal, which was against Swansea. But that was more of a it bounced up and he, he just hit it nice. It's just a nice hit goal. it nice, yeah. He's been down to that like pile driver goal for a while. Yeah. So I'm that adds more to it. Yeah. I mean, mm. as uh, I think they were talking about in the Anfield rap, is this something new Liverpool are trying pushing Trent more inward? Not in the He's sense been, of been doing it all season. And look, I hate, this, all season. I hate this debate. Should Trent play midfield? Because Man says no, we should play it right back. But you wonder with what's going on in the world with players missing out with COVID, are they looking at well look, we may have to play Milner or Nico at right back to have some creativity in midfield. So are they just thinking there are certain games going, do you know what? Let's just throw him in there because he can do it. I don't if think it's his game. If, I don't think it's game. If they're gonna experiment with it. Experiment with it in, in the cup. a cup game in the league cup. I have no problem with Nico Williams playing fullback. To be fair, mm-hmm. any time he's played there this season, he's done. He's been absolutely fine. He's your lock stock 
proper normal fullback, and that's okay. You know, it's just, not it's just, everyone it's not, is going to be a trend. No, whereas you know? the benefits the, the benefits Simicast has is is I still think Andy Robbins is the better fullback. I think he's yeah. a better defender. I think he's more consistent with crossing. Damn good crossing time like that. But Andy Robbins is a traditional fullback still. The way yeah. he pl- he pl- he's a he's a footer. He's become he's up and down. He? He's up and down, but. You know, he is the modern fullback, which is up and down, up and down, whipping crosses in, and, he, and he's getting better now with the undercut, under yeah. uh, which underlap, sorry, which helps. That's... But he's still, he's still what you say, uh, Reese James does for Chelsea, or yeah. you know, still gets on, in great positions, should score more for me. Should score. He, he seems afraid to shoot sometimes. Whereas Trent's a very different type of player, and that's yeah. why Liverpool play very different ways. Robbo is still the traditional up and down, up and down man. He cuts yeah. in. And look, it's more simple, it's more complicated than that, but the way to explain it. On the right hand side, Trent, Salah, and Henson, it's so interchangeable. Yeah. It's like a it's like a rotation almost. It is. And, and, and it's playing out that way as well. Yeah, and not it's, a lot of teams do and not a lot of teams do that. Look, as good as City, City don't do that. City's yeah. job with their fullbacks is to come in to yeah. clock the middle and go outwards. That's what City I just, do. I just want to quickly get back to Wolves I said, because we're gonna get on to Spurs Liverpool in a minute. Um, look, I've been impressed with Wolves this season. Um, yeah, but- their only problem for me is scoring goals. Um, yeah. Defensively, they're sound. They're solid. At the start of the season, they were more adventurous. Mm. I think they've got they've got the balance right now, haven't they? I think with Jimenez missing, if he's not available, then the opportunity to play Trincao and Huang might um, give Chelsea something to think about with their raw pace. And technical ability. Uh, Chelsea have some serious, serious COVID and injury problems where, it, by the looks of it, it's looking like they're going to have to play, um, what's his name, Kovacic and maybe Kante, both of them coming back from injury. Oh, it's Wang injured. All right. Oh, God, that's pants. Yeah. But, um, I'd, look, it's easy to say, like, but can you imagine this wall side if Neto was fit? Yeah. I th- I'd love to know. I don't know uh, Wolves F one. How far away is? How far? How far away is Pedro Neto? Last I read, us he had a he had a setback and it was talk yeah. was Feb. Talk was Feb, wasn't it? You know, yeah. It's, it's I know Callum game. absolutely loves him. I do as well. To be fair, I think he's a cracking little player. Oh, me, me and Callum are fun. Well, I want Callum about him. Yeah, but the I question think... the question is is how does he come back? Because it's not like a normally this this is a big one. This is mm. similar to the Joe Gomez knee explosion. It's a hell of a horrible injury. You, you won't yeah. wish it was. He's a lovely, no. he's a lovely, fantastic player. And you know, I mean, you never see any player, but players like that, you're just like, I hope he doesn't like take off his speed or his pace, and you know, he comes back the same player. Because look, when he's back and fit, he's ridiculously good. Yeah, he is. I mean, look, I've got Chelsea down for two 0 Purely and simply because I don't think we'll score enough. And do you think Chelsea score enough? No, but they've it wasn't for the one to trying against Everton. And but that's but that's been the case. They'll the get that right. Yeah, but they'll get it yeah. right. You know what I mean? They will get it right. And in fairness, I think they could uh, really punish someone just almost by default. You know what I mean? Mm. At some stage, they're going to put three or four past someone and get themselves back into it. I'd be more worried as a Chelsea fan. Hopefully, City. If <laughs> yeah, I'd be more. Listen, I'd be more worried as a Chelsea fan if you weren't getting chances, or yeah. if you were getting maybe ten 
10 efforts on a regular basis. But when you're getting into the mid to high 20s, you know, I think more often than not, you're going to get, you're going to get, you're going to do okay. Yeah. Then we're on to Spurs Liverpool. Now, we don't oh, know the see, story of what's going on. Uh, I, had no I had a confidence 3 1 thinking you just put um, Kaiser in for Chamberlain and go yeah. again. That was yeah. literally all I thought we'd do. Is Kaiser for Chamberlain because deferred to Kaiser, he looked good when he came up. Um, he looked lively. He looked. Bobby still looked. Bobby looked like when he came on, he did okay, but he did look like a lad who'd been out injured for a little while. Uh, whereas Cater just came on like he hadn't been away really, which is a good yeah. thing to see. I think it's his uh, second appearance since he's been back, isn't it? Yeah, but this one he really looked like. Yeah, he looked like, when you saw him, you went, "Now that's an impact sub because he just kept the ball, but still drove Liverpool forward, and you know, just get something different." Chamberlain, listen, Chamberlain did fine. He wasn't. Yeah, I thought he was okay. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't brilliant. Yeah. He was just what I call him. He was a perfect cog in the machine. And to yeah. be honest, if Chamberlain keeps becoming, becoming a regular cog in the machine, he'll do very well for Liverpool. Because yeah. uh, I actually think this is the best I've seen Chamberlain play since his knee injury. And you know, people forget, even before he had the knee injury, he was like this. He'd have three, two or three really good games, and he'd have a dip for two or three, and he'd come back again. Yeah. You know, some most players are. You know, you know, most players aren't Mo Salah, who's brilliant. <coughs> Pretty much, or does something every game. That's yeah. just what what he does. So, yeah. but now, if you if you thinking Henderson's out, and you're thinking Salah's out. So if that's if those rumors are true, then you probably look at a midfield of Milner, Thiago, Milner, Thiago, Cater, and a front three of Jota, Mane, Bobby. If he can do it, and um, if he, I think you, you'd have to give Bobby an hour, and then uh, maybe Ox, Ox is to change, Ox to change, or if he's if he's recovered, Origi's a half hour change. Yeah. Which it's, um, it's I mean, not... the other side of the coin is Spurs haven't played in since December fifth, and rust yeah. and not being able to train properly for however long we don't know. Because you don't because I've seen some saying oh, Spurs be really fresh. Well, they could be. We don't know how long they've been training for, and we don't know who's been training when. Yeah. You know, like Harry Kane, for example, may have never had COVID, may have been fine, and he's been training. He's been training for two, three weeks, which to be honest, is probably brilliant for Harry Kane. It's probably what he needs. But if like Son or Lucas Moura have only been training last week, coming back from COVID, Christ knows how they're going to recover from it. We saw last year with yeah. Sadio Mane. Yeah, he I have no idea. He, he never really got to a level. You know, um, I think until the, until the lineups, until the team sheets come out, we don't have a clue because just the one thing is the big difference between Spurs and Liverpool is Liverpool have been very transparent. Spurs have issued a bog standard block statement and left everyone to their own devices after that. Mm. You know, nobody knows. And the argument is, well, you don't need to know. Well, okay, fair enough. We don't need to know. We're just taking it on trust that you are that the club is being honest. And I would, I would, to, I, guess. I would assume, and this is the ambiguous bit, so we don't know this. I would assume the Tottenham, my, whoever gets a game called off. So Tottenham had a game called United have a game called off. Uh, Everton is off. Leicester's off. You think all those clubs will have to say when they applply to have the game postponed said. This is who is out with COVID. This is my list. Yeah, you, you, now, you'd they assume have to, they have to provide the, the so, certs. In which case, that, that's the process. That's fine. We don't have to sell those, but as long as they're telling the Premier League, look, these are my five players, ten players out with it, the Premier League can go, yeah, that, that's unsustainable. Fair enough. That game's done. But we're down to five games now. Yeah. You know, and the, we're a bit like, is that, you know, we don't know Liverpool if there's if there's three or four more in Liverpool, that could be the, the, could be down to four games. 
this is where I get Klopp's argument of it won't stop or anything, but there isn't also the integrity of the league in terms of, you know, it's not City's fault. You know, City Eddie, Howe, Eddie Howe made that comment, didn't he? Uh, yeah, no, because he... what Eddie, Howe, Eddie Howe's thinking, if you talk from a relegation point of view, for, for example, um, I mean, you're playing, playing five games out of ten every week for yeah. a period well, of time. Say, say, for example, Watford hadn't had, their, hadn't had any games cancelled, but they won all their games. Watford could have like an eight, nine point gap. And I was going, oh, you've got games in hand. But we all know games yeah, is a pressure. Imagine, also going, where, 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 imagine Liverpool and Chelsea, you were eight points behind City. Yeah, you've got two, three games in hand. Yeah, but I've got, I've got to play them. Whereas City don't. Yeah. You know, because they've been fortunate that their games have been cancelled. And look, that's, that can't be planned for. So I can I can see the argument to suspend it, but I can also see the argument of well, if you don't suspend it, um, if you do suspend it, you're adding the problem on to later on in the year. So either you've got to cram them all in or you've got to extend lead. And as you said, there's Nations League football in Yeah, there's the, the Nations League uh, starts in early June. And um, and of course, the, the, other, the other elephant in the room is we've got a World Cup in November. November, so the, the actual Premier League season starts early next next season and goes on longer. Yeah, so, you, so it, the, the summer break is already short for these players. Yeah. This is where, you know, there's, in a way, there's no right answer. There's no perfect no, answer. And no, nobody's got a silver I, bullet with I, this. I, I get a little bit, this is where I try to have social media. I get frustrated with people go, well, that won't work. That's a, that's a rubbish idea. But if you say to those people, well, what's the alternative? They'll give you an alternative, but then you can go, well, that won't work because of X, Y, and Z. And everyone goes, yeah. oh, you just be... I mean, there's, no, you, I, there's no right answer here, but... No, I, I, the only thing does, I came up with myself... Me, sorry. Do you, me, go on, sorry. Go, no, go on, go on, go on. It does feel to me, though, it now does feel to me like a, 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 some sort of break is almost inevitable now. Whether we like it or not, I can't yeah. think that's where we are. I think if it happens, they've got to knock the FA Cup on the head. That won't happen. I know, but yeah. if listen, if they knock the FA Cup on the head, that frees up a weekend from the third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, quarterfinal, semi-final. It does, but you know, but at, but that's the FA's least, that's the FA's trophy piece. They won't want to give that up. It's like, it's like we have knocked the league cup in the head for you. The, well, the, the football league don't want to give it up because it's a cash cow for them. And in fairness, it doesn't. While we think the prize money is. Not great it, for a it's top the side. gate money, I know, for the other, but look but for lower down the Pemerid. You know, if you if you get Liverpool, the Premier like League Liverpool, are already funding sending money down the pyramid through are, their plans from but, last season, and they're still doing that. But, but look at, at some Link, point, look at Lincoln getting us. Is it Lincoln? No, it's not Lincoln. Who's got us? It is Lincoln, us? I think. Oh, sorry, the women got Lincoln as well. Yeah. I thought I got no, Lincoln. no, I thought, I thought, I thought Shrews, I got the wrong side. It, no, is it Shrewsbury? Shrewsbury, sorry, it, the, Shrewsbury. Lincoln's the women, so so. The men have got Shrewsbury now. Well, look, the, the, that's become like the unofficial big rivalry in football, Liverpool Shrewsbury, which we'll get into that close to time. But for Shrewsbury, potentially the gate receipt they'll get at Anfield, and, the, and that'll probably be on telly, I, will yeah. Oh, yeah. fund Shrewsbury for two, three years. And as much as they're getting money at the Premier League, which is great for them, two or three, the, the money they'll get, yeah. that'll sort through for two, um, three years, either the ground or facilities, or that could buy them the striker that keeps that sends them up the Gets league. Out of the league. I understand and the reasons. That's, I understand. That's why you can't cancel it. I understand both sides. It's not me saying I'm a big FA Cup lover, but no, I can see but why it I get, no, I get where you come. I get 100. I get where you're coming from, but there is literally only physically so many games you can play. Yeah, and it. the problem is when you've got the top three sides in Europe all out of one league. 
and then you throw Bayern Munich on top of that. And look, Ranić might do something at United as well in Europe. Mm-hmm. So okay. at some point, it's these delays, these games that are going to be helped, you know, knocked back onto February, March, April. There's going to be a roll-on knock-on effect. And it probably it, it's starting to look like it's going to be Europe is going to be the one who suffers. You know the games on the games for us that are the biggest revenue. But I don't know. Look, that's going to be a decision down the line. And all the Premier League managers are meeting on Monday. Hopefully, something is going to have. They're going to come out of something. Um, but the way it's going look, at the moment, they might bring it forward. You might. I mean, fans without tomorrow. Our record of Spurs against Spurs is um We haven't lost there since the uh, last game we lost there was at Wembley when we had the, yeah. the Dejan nightmare. I think one uh, loss in seventeen one loss is seventeen. Yeah. And yeah. twenty six games away we've scored. It'll be a record. If we score on Sunday, it'll be uh twenty six games on the bounce that we scored. Mm. You know, I I put it down as a two 0 but I just, I just, I just, it, it might be a two. It, I still think Liverpool can win, yeah. Because as look, Salah, if Salah's out, that, that's the biggest blow we could have because he's wonderful. We do have Jota though, and Jota is still what does what Jota does. He's banging the goals, that's cold. There is the concern of Manny that he's no goals in six now, seven. I mean, to be fair to him, he did everything against Newcastle apart from score. He actually, his performance wise, I think his performance is actually quite good. He's just not sometimes getting the look in front of the goal. I mean, yeah, I thought I think Sadio's playing really well. Um, yeah, he's just not getting a bit of look. It was just dumb luck last night that he didn't score. You know, yeah. when he, I mean, and he's, he Salah, didn't get an assist for that either. No, I mean, if Salah doesn't bury that chance, you, you're probably are looking at a penalty and a red card. Which I think, if you're Newcastle, you're thinking, I think I'd rather just take the take, take the, the, one take the goal. Yeah, because that could have been an absolute nightmare. Um, yeah, we don't know what's going on at Spurs. We have no idea what kind of lineup they're going to put out. They haven't no. played in a long time. Any would niggly you... injuries they would have had, they'll probably have cleared up a few by now. But if you're going into a game called, and I mean any game, the last thing you want is a fresh and firing Liverpool who are in a rhythm. So I assume this game is going ahead because the game that the game that uh, Spurs were supposed to play in midweek was because Leicester had it cancelled, wasn't it? I think Spurs uh, yes, were available yes. to play that one. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I think the game's still touch and go, but just yeah. what's coming out, it just it just feels like that might be touch and go. Because, but again, I don't know what the threshold is to, to pause the game. I generally don't know what the threshold is. No, I think so no. we'll assume it's going ahead because yeah. you know, I would say you're looking at a team if the if the rumors are true. Let's let's work on the, the worst case scenario. Yeah, you're looking at All Ali right. and goal. Trent, Matip, Canati, Robbo. Mm-hmm. Milner, Thiago, Keita. Bobby, Jota, Manny. That's probably your 11. Benchwise, Kelleher, Williams, Simicast, Joe Gomez, Chamberlain, maybe Origi, and then the rest of the kids. Yeah, uh, Luca made the bench the other night. So yeah, two goalkeepers on the bench. I mean, because at the yeah. moment we're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six. We're looking at seven out so far. Seven out, and at the moment only one's injured. Only so one's two, injured. So two, so eight out, eight out, two injured, which is Elliot and Adrian. 
Elliot and Adrian, yeah. They're the two that are injured. Elliot, Elliot Adrian, and Origi, so nine. Well, yeah, if Origi's to make it, I mean, you like... Yeah, I don't know if he's trained. I haven't seen anything that he's trained, no, so he's... I assume he hasn't. So if you assume he's out, then literally our only bench change is going to be Joe Gomez to solve it up. Wildcard, if you want to throw Simicast left wing. I mean, well, it, it, we might Spurs have to try something crazy like that. Spurs won't, won't change from his three back. No, his, no. His five back, so... They'll go with a five no matter what. They'll go with two in midfield, and that's where we can have joy. Um, we can force Spurs into dropping Harry Kane or whoever plays as their number nine, dropping in or around whoever is playing our DM role. Uh, Thiago needs to sharpen up a bit. I thought yeah. some of his passing was ridiculously loose last night. I've uh, seen some players play, you know, some people online claiming he had a really good game and he was um No, he, he had some he had some good moments. And yeah. his, his moments in the build up to one of the goals was really good. But it almost a bit it's it's almost like Liverpool trying to play in second gear, but he, he it's almost like he got a bit too showboaty. Yeah, a bit lazy, a bit showboaty, very That's unexperienced. Long, yeah. Whereas listen, if Henderson and Fabinho are out, him and Milner now have got a, a, a the two senior bods. Yeah. Um, and and, well, Na- and Nabi, but you know, really well, Milner, Milner, Thiago, Nabi, Ox. They're your four That's midfield it. options. That's They're it. They're your four midfield options. And attacking wise, you've got Firmino, Jota, Mane. That's it. There's a three you've got, and it's kids because the other two forwards are out. The only area actually touch wood, we actually look all right, is back four and goalkeeper. That's about the only area we actually have got loads of options. I mean, the other, Tyler Morton will be on the bench just because. Lads done right. Lads done right. Every time he's played for us in the Champions League, you know, so he'll definitely get a run out on the bench. Um, That's it. James is spot on. Actually, he has two absolute brain farts in the game and then does a mad one. Yeah, uh, Yeah. I just wish he, if he's got a gamble, it's just a horrible, a horrible place on the pitch where he plays. If you lose the ball in that position, it's an absolute horror show. You're. have Have you watched the game back, Kev? I watched it. Did live you see, did you see Thiago's? Watched... Right. Have you seen Thiago's reaction after the goal we concede? Yeah, he, he, he's like Roy Hodgson moments. He's like slapping the crap out of his own head. Yeah. I think it's the way he, and he does that a few times. It's just like I can't believe I just did that. What the hell was yeah. I thinking? It's almost like it's a kick at himself. Yeah, uh, but he, it was just... the one game that I seen Allison. I haven't seen Allison that frustrated. In, oh, the wall! Yeah, he, he was very angry with the wall. And yeah. I think he's very angry with the goal. Uh, I mean, I listened to um, uh, the Echo uh, inside uh, analysing Anfield, and he said the one of the biggest strengths of Alisson is he's very rarely beaten by distance. Very rare. And <laughs> very, it very rare. Often, but it was, credit to Shelby. It was a great was a really good decision. And he disguised it well. Yeah. But he did what he did. Because he got uh, a whip on it. Jim when Shelby went to Swansea. He did the same thing, didn't he? He, uh, yeah. he scored was abuse. Of that. Scored abuse and then did a bat and then did a back pass to equalise for us. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing with Chelsea is, and actually he didn't show that last night, to be fair to him, is it's lack of discipline. That's yeah. always what's held him back, is his lack of discipline off the ball and his temper. Because um, you just know you can wind him up. and you, But you also know, off the ball, he, he just switches off. He's just got that yeah. laziness about him. Do you reminds me a lot. Do you remember Tom Huddleston? Yeah. The, the, in the passing range, he was... Tom Huddleston was one of these players that if the game was about 30, 40 yard passes, he'd have been absolutely world class. 
Yeah. The problem is the rest of the game involved in run involved running and moving and the rest of it, and he just mm. couldn't do it. But uh-huh. Shelby is a phenomenal passer of a football. He's got a, such a clean strike on him mm. that I can see why Eddie Howe thought when he joined Newcastle first that he's got to put Shelby in that role to yeah, dictate. Yeah. And I think from the outside, looking at the squad, you, and you think, okay, yeah, I can do that, and I can drop Joe Linton. He's a big lump of a fella. His touches are right. He can move it and pass it. That's okay. But, my God, when you get into that squad, even, say, Maximin had a glorious chance to put Fraser in one-on-one for Allison, and he took an extra touch and an extra unnecessary run. I was just like, that's just Newcastle. Isn't it mad how bandaged up he is? Yeah. Every part of him is tubey gripped. Both wrists, both knees. It's like, he's like, like, you're a professional footballer, but he's he's like tubey gripped up. Yeah, he's definitely looking like a bit of like the Michelin man at the minute. Yeah. yeah. Let's well, it's five we, games, man. That's crazy, isn't it? It's five flaming games. It is. There's no but 12 o'clock kickoff tomorrow, I don't think. There's uh, no nope. lunchtime kickoff on BT. No. But uh, should we, we talk about our feature play? Because I've realised it's five past 11. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to have to get a wriggle on here. Look, yeah. we're, we're going to chat about the Ashes. And look, well, so, England are getting battered. We, England they are getting battered. So, so let's talk about somebody else who scared the shit out of England and a lot of other countries as well. Um, Shane Warne. So, Shane Warne. How are we going to categorize this? What's give the guys what look, we're looking for a team for the guys who, for everyone in the chat who was here at the start, apart from Dave Lennon, because Dave Lennon was 10 minutes late as usual. We have a brilliant new intro and. Part of the intro talks about um, legends, heroes, icons, mavericks of sports, you know, mm. rebels, you name rebels. it. Rebels, okay? yeah. And we want to try, uh, from a sport that's going on at the minute, so at the minute there's cricket going on, uh, there's a couple of good test matches going on all over the world at the minute, but we're going to nominate a couple of players from cricket for the next month. One a week, and we're going to have a quick chat about them. See what you guys in the chat want to say. You know, ask us free to you guys free to ask us any questions you want to throw in as well. Um, but then we're going to throw it over to you guys to categorize what they meant, what they were in the sport, and then we'll put it out on Twitter and do a Twitter poll. And whichever one wins goes into that category. And at the end of the season. We'll go back through who's won what category, or we'll come up with the best of that category, decided by everyone in the chat. We'll have a chat about the individuals of heroes, mavericks, whatever. Say if you've got five mavericks, five heroes, we'll chat about the five mavericks, and you guys in the chat decide to uh, categorize them one to five, best, worst, and that's how we're going to have our overall Maverick of Sports Unplugged and overall hero, overall whatever. But I think that's the way we're going to do it. But that's a good way to start. Shane Warren. No one is greater than Warren. No one. Hand it over to him now, fellas. Well, I don't know. Was he the greatest spinner ever? Morally, would have an argument with it. In, in my eyes, he was. He was... I think he was, he, okay, it's a phrase, it's a buzz phrase, but he, he was a complete package. So I was, I, I used to go up to my grandparents and lived in Barrow. 
uh, like school holidays, and did that cricket on. And I was never interested. And I remember watching, thinking, "Well, it's just lads who throw the ball dead fast, and you know, that's cracking it." You know, like eh, it's a bit dull. And then I remember seeing spin bowling, and I was always like, "Well, what's the point of that? It's dead slow, and they'll just slap you everywhere. It's ridiculous." And then I saw Shane Warne. And it wasn't the mystery ball, the, the gatting one that everyone talks about, which is ridiculous. If you haven't seen it, YouTube it. It's unreal. It was the intimidation that he could apply because he, he falls in so many categories. He was a maverick in his attitude and, you know, his off-the-field antics are yeah. well-documented. You know, he missed a World Cup for failing a, for failing a drug test because he was taking a fat pill. You know, yeah. that's what that's what he did. That's not... It was something to do with a betting... Uh, scandal early in yeah, his career yeah. as well with uh, I think it was Mark Waugh him and Mark Waugh were uh, pulled up yeah. on that but then some say he's the greatest ever cricketer to never captain his country you know I but, would agree I would definitely put him in that category yeah. but what I loved is he had psychology I mean look sledging in cricket I mean you can just YouTube sledging cricket Shane Warne's put downs were mm. unreal but he had he, he used to say like I've got this new I've got this new delivery I've got this flipper you know, come. You know, it's a new mystery ball. It'll go the wrong way. It'll and people are looking for this new ball. Oh, when's this? When's this new ball going? Yeah. Half time, he didn't even have a new new delivery. Shane, he just Shane. sold the same delivery and gave it four names. But everyone was so petrified and believed he could do it well, that they were like, "What can?" I? And people forget the guy had to have his shoulder completely reconstructed yeah. and things like the googly, which is ball at the back of your hand, which takes a lot of shoulder. Strength. He basically couldn't do it anymore, and everyone that shame one done, and he just learned to do it a different way. Yeah. And the best way you can know you've got different evolutions of Shane Warren, haven't you? You've got yeah. Shane Warren at the start of his career, the beach bum, who was when he first, he, I think it was, I watched a documentary about him, and it, his first test match was in Sydney, uh, January 2nd, 1992, against India. Now, if you're a spinner going up against India, that's probably the biggest test you're ever going to see. Um, and Ravi Shastri, who's a brilliant commentator, was opening the batsman for India. And I think Warren f- finished, he, he the day, finished the test by something one or two not. for 150 yards, 160 yards, something like that. It was tonked all yeah. over the place. But Ravi Shastri came up to him after the match and said, There's a young man, young man, um, you'll Ebola. bowl worse than that and take five in the future. Unbelievable. And Calvin there, Murley took plenty in the subcontinent too. Don't forget that. Warren turned it around corners everywhere, made leg spin sexy. Come back to that in a sec. Go back and watch the 05 Ashes series again. My God. Absolutely despised Warren until 05. Then it all clicked watching him. Must have been how Moses felt when Burning Bush changed my life. Yeah. Uh, and the I thing mean, is, that 05 series was ridiculous because England yeah. won it. And, you know, for those who are bigger class, that was a big thing for England. So they hadn't won the Ashes for ages. But as much as England did, as much as England won the Ashes, it was historic. Shane Warne was still probably the best player in the series. Yeah, he, he took he the was. most wickets. He took like 45, 47 wickets or something. In, yeah, you know, in and you saw Ashes. things like, you saw like Kevin Peterson would like, was like slapping people around for fun, scoring like a big hundred. And then Shane Warne would just bowl a ball and you, you just look and go, where the hell is that coming from? Where, where's yeah. that come from? Where's this magic come from? He just did it all yeah. the time. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I remember his one, was it Paul Connellwood? Uh, they beat him in the 2006 series and he just went to him. He was being quite 
confident Paul Collingwood he was doing okay. And he just went, you got an NBE, mate, for scoring six runs and then bowled in the next ball. Because <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> Collingwood only played one game and he played the last yeah, game because yeah. of the injury. But that's but he just got people's heads and people he did, just yeah. petrified, absolutely petrified. Him. And then since he's stopped playing cricket, he's brilliant as a commentator. He's a great analyst. Great yeah. analyst. But I love um, when he's done stuff with, um, it was, I think it was the 09 Ashes series where he literally came and he did like a masterclass and he had three young English leg spinners and he was just talking about technique and what you do. And some of it was, it was dead basic stuff. So just do this with a ball. He was just flicking a ball with his hand all the time. I said, get it on this, get it on your middle finger. Get, yeah. And this is what indexing it. And you've got to keep doing that. Keep doing that. I said, he said, I would sit there for hours and that's all I do. He said, it'll hurt and it'll make your finger raw. And he goes, trust me, then when you throw it, said, it's like second nature. And it was all little quirks, but, the way he analyzes cricket is, is great, and he just doesn't say the buzz the same. But like all comments, yeah. all comments are the same buzz phrases. It's quite insightful, you know. And you know, I think he's brilliant. He, he's always yeah. like, I actually enjoy watching cricket. I must have dis- disliked him because he always made English oh, yeah. crap. And but the thing he, is, he couldn't help you but could, respect how brilliant. Yeah, he was unreal. Could, the thing is with Warren Rice. Now, I think like the comment about Warren being the best player never to captain aside. A test match side. Mm. Australia had Alan Border, Steve Wall, Ricky Ponting, all in his all in his career. Mm. He was so unlucky to have some of the greatest cricketers or cricket batting captains to ever play the but game. The, there and was a time though where Ponting was was I mean Ponting lost how many Ashes series did he? Is it three he lost? He lost. He lost the oh five oh nine. He lost oh five oh nine. And he lost the uh, 10 11 series. The, yeah, the but I don't think he was captain. I don't think he yeah, was captain. He was still captain. He, he, he captained a ridiculously long time. Yeah. And the other side for Steve, for Shane Warne, unlike Murley, Shane Warne was bowling with three of the best fast bowlers in the world at the time mm-hmm. in Glenn McGrath, Brett Lee, Jason Gillespie. So, yep. War, you know. And they had to win Kasper, a test match, and you had Kasperovitz as your backup. Which, yeah, to, in any other era, Kasperovitz would have been would have started. started, and started he, most even countries. now he would. You know, it was yeah, yeah. To, you know, to win a test match, you have to get twenty wickets, but you need to score, and you need to be able to score. And you had Glenn McGrath tying up an end, then you had Brett Lee coming in, bowling up around people's chin. You know, Gillespie was a metronomic bowler who just on the spot swing it away. All the time, and then you had Warren on the other end, locked it off. But so you had to both. gamble against someone. But he had to so, he could do both Warren. He could either lock it up, and yeah, then just like because I mean, he averaged he had an average of um, a wicket every twenty five runs. Yeah, ridiculous average. Um, and that's in both forms of the game. But he was also an attacking spinner, and for a while there wasn't it. really many attacking spinners. It, the job of the it spinner was to, hold, to hold an end, and yeah. you know, but he he developed the, you know. You, you know, with what I can do, I can scare teams and teams won't want like, It's almost like I need to survive Shane Warne. I might have a better chance with Glenn McGrath, which yeah, is good like, luck with that. <laughs> which is a ridiculous thing. But you literally have people going, That was it. I've got, slightly, I've got a slightly better chance against Glenn McGrath than I have against Shane Warne. And Glenn McGrath yeah. was ridiculously brilliant as well. Oh, yeah, he was. That, that's, how, that's how you were like looking, going, Oh my God. Which one? Which one to go for? Yeah, I mean the thing is, reclaimer there. Glenn McGrath was the best bowler for me. Glenn McGrath used to practice, and he said it openly. He used to put a tea towel on 
the pitch where he wanted to hit the ball, and he balled it at the tea towel. That's how he practiced, and mm. time and time and time again, he he just stayed on line in length. He was six foot four, six foot six, something like that. So he got the steep bounce. He was never express pace, but he was always that quick enough pace to threaten. And it's what England now, I watch England batting now, and they're terrified to leave the ball. And it's yeah. the most frustrating thing watching England. They always need to feel the bat on ball. And that's that's where it's it ridiculous. Makes... Strauss and Cook used to get criticised as well. Said, oh, the two defences, they, they leave it too much. You're like, that's what you need to do. It's um, what people don't realise in test cricket, different to one-day cricket, you've got to go at it more. T20, you really go for it. You've got to go from ball one. Test yeah. cricket is, if you learn to leave it properly, at some They'll point, they, you. They, they have to bowl to you because they can't keep bowling it. And yeah, you get loads of maidens, great. But eventually, you've got to get them out. That's the idea of the game. Yeah. So eventually, they come to you. And as Scott was great going, mm. I have certain shots that I am brilliant at. So I'll just wait for them to come off. And he would quite happily cut, go five, six overs, leave everything. Don't mind, don't mind. And then he'd go. And then as uh, borders got tired, and later on yeah. in the day, they cash in. I mean, the thing is, the other side of it is when Moran came in in 92, leg spin, spin bowling, you had the likes of John Embry playing for England, you know, little finger dobblers that just, like like you said, die, tie up and then do a little bit, Peter Such and all of them lot. But before that, for the 70s and 80s, it was raw pace from the West Indies that won your test matches. And mm. that's that was what everyone believed. You England had Gladstone Small and the likes of Phil De Freitas, you know, Angus Fraser, a medium Doppler, but always accurate. There was no spinners until Warren came on, and then Warren came on the scene. He gave more ashes. I mean, everyone looked for the next shame, Warren. Though. Yeah, no, I mean, look, you're never going to find the next shame. Well, look, England did well because they got Graham Swan. Not, yeah. it wasn't a it wasn't a leg spin bowl. It's a different type of spin bowl. But then people saw the benefit of having. I mean, England don't have a. Yeah. Uh, Calvin a is in the bowl. chat there. Calvin might know. I can't remember for the life of me. Australia had a second leg spinner, Stuart McGill. Stuart McGill, that was him, and he could spin it more. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. He spun it a lot more than Warren, yeah. but he wasn't Shoot. as precise. And no, you just but, look at him and you thought, for his career, he did really well. He had a really good career. He, he's actually well, born for the, he's actually born, if he's born for any other country, yeah, it, it, maybe not India because India still had fantastic spin as well. But yeah, the yeah, Anil Kumble, uh, yeah, you know, but, or if he was born twenty years later, you know, mm. if McGill was playing now in his prime, he'd be playing oh international God. cricket and he'd be one, he'd be one of the, the best spinners around. He's just unfortunate that Shane Warne existed. It, yeah. It's like um, it was like whoever's the backup striker to, to Messi, as good as you it's, were. It's our you're not problem me- with trends, you're not Messi. Yeah, 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 it's our problem. Got that. Trend is like, yeah, no matter how good you are, you're not that. Well, so, like, same with the backup right winger. We, we get a backup right winger. You go, yeah, he's really good, but he's not. He's not Mo Salah. Yeah, you know. I mean, I look, th- I think Shane Warren is probably in the top five cricketers of all time. I think you could easily class him as an all rounder. His batting was very, very underrated. Even though he never got a century, ninety nine got into the nineties a fair bit. Ninety nine was his top score. Yeah, ninety nine was his top score. But him coming in at number eight, and I mean, you knew McGrath was a walking wicket, oh, but yeah. you know he was coming in at eleven. But if you had Shane Warren coming in with Gilchrist at eight, 
and Ponting at six. Sorry, Gilchrist was at seven, Ponting at six in the early days. Warren yeah. at eight. You had Brettley at nine, you could tonk it a bit. And then you had Gillespie and McGrath. Who we remember the, in the 05 series, the best thing that happened to England was um, Shane Moore kicked his wicket over. Like, yeah, because he, 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 he went to block, he went, he went block one and he accidentally stood in his wicket and obviously eliminated himself out. Because for what, England could get him out. You know, he was he was... He was a decent batsman. He was hard to get out. He didn't yeah. give his wicket away. And people forget, he's a brilliant slip catcher, which is why 05 yeah. was so surprised because he, he drops a dolly, which you don't expect. And he had 125 catches, most of them that slip. You know, 125 test catches, 80, 80 in one of the internationals. That's a lot. That is. You know? I mean, look, yeah, it was grand. If, as long as you could catch, if you're a good slip catcher, Australia had the pace bowlers hmm. to keep you in the game. So know, he's I mean, always in the game. And then he was the vice captain. So when Ponting. Need to go for rest, he's then take it over. I mean, the talk was Ponty used to go mad because <laughs> Ponty used to go off, he changed complete field and set up and yeah. do, do the, it'd be more attacking actually the way he wanted to yeah. be, which used to drive Ponty mad because, like, he had a plan and Shane went, well, I have my own plan, yeah. You know, that, <laughs> it was you take the rough with you oh. take the rough with the smooth, as someone yeah. put in that chat, wonderful hair, both versions, <laughs> yeah. Um, so SK Warren, how would you guys categorize him? Um, Maverick, Legend. Rebel. I mean, you could, you he's definitely put, the top five cricketers ever. You he's could probably put, the greatest spinner ever. Yeah. You could honestly put him in all those categories for different reasons. For different um, reasons. But if you're looking at Shane Warren, the cricketer, not Shane Warren, the, the personality. personality. Because he's Shane Warren is a great poker player as well. He's made probably yeah, yeah. more money playing poker than he has ever playing cricket. Yeah. So, Look, he's a legend to me because um, he said he's definitely top five. Um if you ask me who's my favourite cricketer, is it is Shane Warne. It's mm. just what he could, you know. I would actually go and watch Australia play when they were when they were playing England, just so I could see what he was, just so I could see what he could do. And he do unreal stuff. And you just go, that's, that's just not normal, you know. I've not seen this sort of stuff. That's what got me into cricket. I mean, obviously at the time England were horrific, so you're a bit like, I'd rather watch Australia because actually Ooh, at, least it's, at least it's interesting. Uh, wasn't a bad boy, was he? Uh, mm. Had his moments. Yeah. He was, um, he liked Googling. the beer. He liked, he liked the beer. His, yeah. He, he actually played, when he first, before he ever broke into um, international cricket, he, he used to, he came over to England and he played in Bristol as a club that I, I used to work across the road from the club that he played for. And by all accounts, the 17-year-old Shane Warne at, um, I think, yeah, it was, well, Witcher, yeah, it was Witcher's Cricket Club in Bristol. Um, he liked the beer. He liked a lot yeah. of beers, and he, he was definitely well acquainted with the local nightclubs, and uh, that didn't stop throughout his career. Yeah. I, I mean, and we'll talk about him another time. Another he, time, he, yeah. During he, this, if you look at wicketkeeper batsmen now, they're everything. That is the process. Talk about Defining a position in it, yeah. Because Alan Knott was probably the greatest wicket keeper I ever saw, and I only saw the tail end of 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 Knott's career because Jack Russell took over for England, and Jack Russell was a phenomenal wicket keeper. Do you remember the um, uh, Gilchrist batting? Oh. Do you remember the squash? Do you remember the squash ball thing with Gilchrist? That was yeah. ridiculous, and people wonder what it was. He um, he got a, he developed a massive blister on his hand, which was. Affected his batting, and someone said, "Cut a squash ball and put it over it." 
So you, you won't feel the pressure. And this was for like a one-day international final when he opened the bat and he got he got 100 and Australia won quite comfortably. Just little innovations like we go, well, yeah. things like that. But if you look at, like people talk about um, England's wicketkeeper bats at the moment, um, Butler, who's rid- yeah. ridiculous, especially in one-day cricket, different yeah. level. But I don't go think... Watch, go and watch Gilchrist. Yeah. That's what Butler they can is nowhere it. near the cricketer. No. It's a, yeah. certainly not glove. Certainly not glove wise. Yeah, not Alex Stewart. Wise. Alex Stewart was a very good wicketkeeper batsman. Yeah, he, he, he was. wasn't Gil, he wasn't Gilchrist level, but he was very good. Yeah. Gilchrist but, was just so explosive. I mean, Alex Stewart used to open the batting. He could he could bat at six. He could open. He opened with Atherton. He could bat anywhere in the top six because he could change. He could adjust the tempo <laughs> of his. Uh, Until you change your name to just Steve. Yes, Steve. There's going to be loads of cricket just to upset yeah, anyone. Just, anything else. Sorry, dude. He won't <laughs> let me talk about F1 or, or um, Sandwich Maker Sandwiches. So what can I do? I'd rather talk about Sandwich Maker Sandwiches than F1, <laughs> to be fair. Uh, look, if you, if you want to know a bit more about Shane Warne, uh, it's on YouTube. Um, ESPN Legends of Cricket. It's about, yeah, 40, it's, about, it's about 40 minutes long. It pretty much sums up his playing career and his highlights and his off-the-field antics really well. Yeah. So, but look, we'll put a poll up probably that. tomorrow. Um, more work for Gav, so you know that's us in trouble again. Yeah. But uh, what are you putting, Kev? What category are you going to put him in? I think he's legend. He is a legend. To be fair, I, I think he's a legend. legend. I think he's a legend as well. We'll have to try and find a rebel. Try to think of a, a good rebel. Oh, I can think of a few. Uh, okay. Don't we'll worry. I've got. I've been thinking. When I saw the intro earlier, uh, I was thinking. I've I've got some names. Uh, we're going to go in. We're going to get some really, really good names uh, yeah. over the next, over will be the next other, few weeks and months. There will be other sports as well. We're just doing cricket at the moment because the Ashes is on, so it's it's more prominent. Yeah, but we will but, do other, we will do other sports as well, and we'll probably get probably get some guests on who are a bit more specialist in other sports as well. Yeah, so give, give them their opinion. Um, there's nothing on tomorrow. I don't think with the trippers, we're having a day off. Uh, Sunday back with the Fatback Four and, and your post match. We're doing a post match, and then we're doing, if it happens, uh, if it happens, we will do a post match. So make sure your uh, notifications are on. Uh, Fatback Four will be on Sunday night, and Gav will fill everyone in. They know what's going on next week because next week's going to be a bit of a madness. We're we on don't Thursday. Know what's going on? We're yeah, on we're on, we're going to be on Thursday night next week. We can't do Christmas uh, Eve because uh, we both get divorced. Not from each yeah. other, but <laughs> but we would definitely get, we definitely get yeah. divorced if we, if we do Christmas Eve. Lines drawn already in my house for yeah. Last, my last my line was drawn as well. You are not doing Christmas Eve, so we, so yeah. we we ask Gav, can we do Thursday? So we we'll do we'll do Thursday instead. Which yeah, we'll have a chat Thursday night. But if you us. guys could hit the like, subscribe, uh, all that lovely good stuff. Throw some suggestions in the comments as to who you guys would like to see included in what category you'd like to see these guys included in and we'll get them all in yeah Thanks a view a view a view would be good uh, mm. also absolutely 100% I'll plug, I'll plug my own show as well um, yeah 100% women, women's shows are out so we did the last one with myself Neil Atkinson from the Enfield Rap yes, and Emma Sanders from the BBC who was excellent as she always is uh, so that's out it's on YouTube uh, we just do a bit of a preview uh, sorry a review of the past month, because uh, we haven't got a game now until the new year, and then there are still the interviews. Uh, we've got Megan Campbell's interview, which came out a couple of weeks ago. So give it a watch. They're doing well. You know they're uh, into the quarterfinals of, of the League Cup, into the fourth round of the FA Cup, and we're currently top of the league. So you know, 
all going well, all go off both sides of Liverpool. Yeah, fantastic. Right, on that note, we're going to let you guys go in and get to bed. Thanks very much for staying in the chat. We absolutely are really appreciative of everyone who's there. If you could click the like and subscribe, as we said, uh, we'd be eternally grateful. Thank you all very much for watching. Good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.